Hello, welcome to Behind the Music Podcast. I am Bridget Devin, your host, and today I'm super excited to welcome Trey Nagella with Luminous Sound Studios. Trey is the co-owner, and Luminous Sound is a Dallas, Texas-based premier recording studio for music, production, audio posts, and all things sound. And Trey is now a four-time Grammy Award-winning engineer and mixer. Trey, thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited to talk about you and your work. Wow, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So um, to start, I'd love for you to share with us a bit about yourself and how Luminous Sound came together and and where it is today. Yeah. So I'll try to give you the quick version, how you recap 25 years. Um, I have a partner who went to school for music composition. Uh, He's a composer. And out of college, he he graduated college in the mid-70s and immediately got into... um, working for a company that did music production and they were hiring him to write string arrangements and horn arrangements. And he did that for five or six years out of school um, and kind of learned their business. And they were, he learned they were doing jingles and music for advertising. And so he branched out on his own and started his first facility out of his house in the early eighties, did that for um, basically the whole decade of the eighties, got into the nineties and took over a facility It was a commercial studio that had gone bankrupt and he took that over. And then he was part of the team that developed the vanilla ice. If you've heard of this guy, he's a Dallas based Uh person in the, in 91. And then he had some success scoring some uh, big independent movies. And so that carried him through the nineties. And then in the late nineties, he decided he was going to build a big facility and try to do hit records and big movies every day. And so there was the formation of the current iteration of the studio that I'm sitting in. And it was, it took about a year and a half of construction from 98 to 99. And then we opened right at the turn of the millennium. And I was a young engineer. I grew up uh, playing guitar in bands in high school and went into a studio probably my junior year or so of high school, about 16. And nothing ever came of my terrible garage band that I played in, but uh, it was my first experience in a studio and I just thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever done. And I started interning at a studio my following year, my senior year of high school. And uh, then during that time period is when I met the owner of Luminous, the founder, and got to be friends with him and then uh, went off to college, went to a school in Orlando called Full Sail. Oh, yeah. The production school. They do film and video and video games and other things. Um, I did a two-year program out there and came back and started working with my partner as a producer. He was hiring me to help him produce all of his jingles and TV commercials and corporate projects. And then I started getting into record production at the same time in my early 20s. And fast forward 20 years, and now we're sort of he's sort of passing the torch to me, and I've taken over owning half the facility. And we still do commercial music and jingles and score television commercials and things like that. And so that's about a third of our revenue. Uh, The other third is me doing record projects and mixing. And then the other third is we have two other studios that we rent to the public. So we have all kinds of artists that come in, everything from rappers to country singer songwriters to church groups to we do dialogue replacement for movies. We do a couple podcasts. Um, anything audio, essentially. 
Oh my gosh, that must be so exciting getting to be a part of so many different sound projects. Um, Is this like a a dream job? Um, It keeps every day interesting Mm -hmm. and different, which was what I wanted when I got into this. I didn't want to have the normal office job and sit in a cubicle and wear a suit every day. You know, I wanted every day to be different. There's some pros and cons to that, if I'm to be honest. You know, being you get to work with a lot of really creative people in a cool environment. Every day is unique. Um, So there are some cool highlights like that. Um, As you get a little older, it's not always conducive to not have a real schedule like a normal person. You know, the studio runs 24 hours a day. So I'm sort of on call. You know, even though I may not be here, other sessions are running. And so I end up being 24 hour tech support. The entertainment business runs around the clock. Um, yeah. So those types of things. When you're young, it seems cool to stay up all night. And when you want to, when you're a little older and you want to have a social life, or if you want to have a family, you know, not so great when you're at work until two in the morning. Right. Things get to be a little bit difficult. <clears throat> not being able to really have a routine or a schedule can be hard. Absolutely. Oh, I um I I really understand that um in the sense that. Uh, so for me, I've done like, I do live performances and, um, you know, when you're performing live, it could be shows keep you out till like two or three in the morning. And that can be really challenging. Um, and so I actually feel kind of lucky transitioning more into earlier shows, um, like at a, a wine tasting or at breweries, they, they end early. I'm like, okay, cool. I don't have to completely have a crazy sleep schedule. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, uh, yeah, so I can, I can, in my own way, <laughs> relate to what you're sharing about. Do you see um, that ever adjusting or changing in the future? Or do you think that this work is always going to be like that? Um, I think the work in general for audio and entertainment, it will always be like that. As I grow in my career, you know, I'm able to control my schedule a little more being the boss of myself, you know, then I can kind of, I can kind of sort of set my own hours and say what I'm willing or not willing to do at this stage of my career. But I think when you're young and hungry and trying to grow, you don't want to be saying no a lot to things you want to take your opportunities. So it's harder, but at this stage, I can, I, I at least have a little bit of a routine at this point. Um, well, on that note, I'd love to hear what does a day look like for Trey? Like what is um, kind of a um, a day-to-day look like or an ideal kind of routine for you? Um, most days I get to the studio 9.30 or so, 10 o'clock in the morning, which I know is late for most people, um, but I don't get off at five o'clock like most people either. So yeah. um, I spend the first maybe from 9.30 till 12.30 or so, usually working on commercial music. I kind of joke that it's my day job, like the corporate part of the job. So we're scoring TV commercials. We write jingles. Work, we work with ad agencies, um, marketing companies for their clients. And so I will do, it's still music, but it's a little more in the business world. Yeah. So I'll be doing that for the first part of the day. I might have an hour or two of the day as the studio owner to just be dealing with administration stuff, like running any small business, Mm -hmm. I might have to meet with my bookkeeper and look at a 
profit and loss statement, or I might have to deal with um, broken equipment, technical things that need to be handled in the studio or scheduling issues, whatever that kind of stuff is. Um, and then usually late afternoons, early evenings is when I kind of get into record mode. And I feel like I'm wide awake at that point because I'm halfway through my day. And uh, that's when I get into mixing records for art and doing those types of projects. And then I usually save meetings, yeah. things that I need to do to the end of the day, um, because then I'm not having to be in creative mode. So I try to get my creative stuff out in the morning and the afternoons. I'm not always, people always talk about being creative super late at night, but I tend to be creative, more creative. Like first thing in the morning, I'm more motivated. I'm not tired yeah. out. So I save things like meetings till the end of the day so that I'm can be fresh in the morning. And then also so that I don't necessarily have something on the back end of the meeting. So I don't have to rush through it. So if people yeah. want to, consult with me about their project or look at files or whatever, go over mixed revisions, things like that, then I'll just do that like at the end of the day, four or five, six o'clock. And then I try to leave the studio by 8 p.m. So my days are like nine to 10 in the morning till about eight at night. So 10, 10, 11 hours, most days of the week, Monday through Friday. And then Saturdays I work as well, but I kind of cut it to a half day. I try to have yeah. my mornings to sleep in, have breakfast, work out, do those personal things. And then I get to the studio after lunch and I'll work on, I usually have those days as unattended creative days where I'm just mixing records, playing guitar, you know, whatever on different projects. And then I'll do that till dinner from lunch to dinner and then yeah. go home so that I can still have a Saturday night. And then Sundays are my one day a week that I refuse to take things unless it's absolutely you know necessary i try to have yeah. a week off yeah i've i used to try to do seven days a week or whatever if i needed to and i've learned that i can do seven or eight or nine or ten days but once i get to day 12 day 13 consecutive i start getting kind of burnt out and it affects my mental health yeah it starts to not be fun anymore and this is supposed to be fun and enjoyable Absolutely. You know, and it's, it's, um, it's like, um, you know, you're always trying to find that balance. And sometimes you'll find that the balance you've created, I'm like, oh, maybe it's a little tilted this way. So you got to adjust it. And then it tilts another way. And you're like, okay, got to adjust it. And it's just kind of this dance through your work. But um, I can see how you could go so long in that grind, because it's like, you know, working in music and, you know, you clearly like have such love for it. Um, but, but also, you know, it's so important to, to take care of, you know, good sleep and all those things. Otherwise it's just becomes not sustainable. Um, uh, so I'm very glad that you have Sundays for rest. <laughs> but, but, and that's a, that's very true. And that's a lesson that's taken me time and age and wisdom to acquire, you know, I yes. didn't do that so much in my 20s and my 30s I was just a, a grinder sit behind the computer and just go 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 you know and now I've learned yeah. I need that time to I need it so it's important I think for yeah. any job for anybody totally totally agree um so I'd love to ask too what kind of changes are you seeing in the music industry um and like are you seeing anything on the horizon whether it's music or tech or um you know anything really 
big changes. Well, obviously, this isn't really new with the advent of streaming and people not buying mm-hmm. records and streaming. You know, they finally it took from what 2000 to 2010s for for the music industry to just sort of get back on its feet. When streaming first hit in the early 2000s, it sort of crushed the industry and it took a decade for everyone to sort of figure out how to monetize things again. And I think now they've figured it out for the most part. And and everyone's still sort of exploring new ways. Obviously, streaming doesn't pay artists very much money at all. So the artists are still looking at ways to monetize it, you know, um, which is difficult. So now everyone's getting on the TikTok bandwagons and trying to figure out sync placements. Uh, everyone's vying for these coveted places, like with their get their songs in movies and commercials because they realize those things pay really well. Um, so that's sort of where I see a lot of the artists trying to figure things out still. Um, from a technical standpoint, um, if you're familiar with Dolby Atmos is sort of the new thing in my world that everyone's trying to get on board with. Um, if y'all haven't heard of this for the listeners, they should go check out. Uh, I know Apple Music and Tidal are all streaming Atmos mixes now, most of the major labels. It's basically a multi-channel surround format. If you remember 5.1 surround sound, that has been out for a long time with movies. Now Atmos is like basically 11 channels instead of five. So it's immersive, what they're considering immersive audio where all the speakers are all around you above your head. Um, And it's mostly listened to in headphones. The guys in studios are doing it with actual speakers, but the consumers are consuming it mostly in headphones. And it's supposed to make you feel like you're immersed in it. It's a pretty new thing the last few years. I'm by no means an expert in it, um, but it's all the talk of the engineering uh, and technical side of the music industry. So this sounds like it's a, and I'm I'm not as audio tech savvy, but things that are coming to my mind is like, you know, when you imagine someone, uh, you know, in a music studio, they have those two speakers, right? For that right. stereo mix. And so now are you kind of saying now there's eight speakers and you are, can like place sounds in different spaces? Yes, basically, exactly. You're, you're exactly right. So two channel audio okay, two. Been around. <laughs> yeah, stereo has been around since the late 60s, right? Before that, yeah. everything was mono. Yeah. In the late 60s, they developed stereo. They experimented with quadraphonic sound in the 70s and the 80s. That didn't really catch on. And then in the 90s, they came out with 5.1, which was the left and right and the, for regular stereo and then a center channel, which was mostly for dialogue in the movies. Yeah. And then two speakers behind you in stereo for mostly ambience or special effects. And then the point one was the sub. So there was a sub channel just for bass frequencies. So 5.1 and that's still around. Uh, then they kind of grew that to 7.1 or 7.2. If you go to a movie theater um, mm-hmm. a lot of the big movie theaters are in those formats. And then now they're kind of continuing that growth with Atmos, which is now 11 speakers, I believe. Wow. Wow. So, that's exciting. So now they're, now they're doing it on the sides as well as overhead in the ceiling. Cool. So Very we'll immersive. See, we'll see how this continues. It's a pretty new thing, 
but now most of the major labels are requiring uh, their artists to submit Atmos mixes. So like if you go on Apple Music or Tidal, um, I'm not sure if Spotify is doing it, but you'll see the, the original two channel mix. And then you'll also see an alternate Atmos mix that you can listen to in headphones. So kind of a new thing. I haven't really done much of it at all, but like everybody in the engineering technical side of the music community, we're all kind of trying to figure this out and see if this is going to be, uh, have some longevity. Yeah. Um, well, you know, things, um, a lot of things are evolving towards more immersion, it seems like. And so if Atmos is delivering that musically, I could see, um, a lot of legs to it, you know, kind of like what we're seeing with video games and how you're wearing wearable tech, because then you can, you know, feel maybe something on beyond just a, in a controller on your hand. Um, right. um, so that's like really exciting. Reality, almost like virtual reality where they're putting you yeah. in space. That's what they're trying to do with audio. They're also, I know Mercedes Benz has been trying to implement it in their vehicles. Oh, so wow. people listen to audio in their cars and that's actually a really good space to be immersed and have speakers all around you in a, in a vehicle like that. So yeah. this might, might be the future. We'll see. So cool. Well, I'm excited to kind of follow along uh, with that now that I, I'm, I know that more about the tech side. Um, well, as we're nearing the end of the podcast, Trey, I'd love for you to share what your vision is uh, for yourself and for Luminous and what you see maybe in a year or beyond that. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to grow the studio to be, I think, let me rephrase that. Yeah. I think what's really important about uh, an environment like this is obviously people come for the facility, for the equipment part of it. They also come for the people, the engineers, the assistants. Um, there's no substitute for the experience. You know, I understand that people have technology now where you don't have to go to a studio or a big facility. They Everyone has GarageBand on their laptop. You know, you can get Logic for $100. So there's all these ways to do home recordings now. And I definitely think that that's great for people to have the ability to create at home on a small budget and not have to come to a place like this. But I still think there's... Um, some validity of coming to a professional place that's constructed, that's not your bedroom or your friend's living room with more high-end equipment than you would probably invest in for yourself to work with myself or people that have been studying this as a craft for years and years and years or decades. There's no substitute for that. There's also something about the, the community aspect of you never know who's in the room right next door. Yeah. Which you don't yeah. get that at your friend's house or whatever in your bedroom. You're sort of on an island. And when you come to a multi-room big facility like this, there's always people in the hallways and in the common areas. And it's really cool to see people run into each other, meet, make connections, pop into the room next door. What are you working on? Let me hear what you're doing. Then it's inspiring. Yeah. And the next thing you know, they're working on some project together. Um, that's really neat. Um, so uh, trying to think what else I'm, I'm really trying to impart that on a lot of the, the staff that we're creating an environment to foster creativity. It's not just about the technical stuff. It's about creating an, an environment 
that people want to be creative in. Yeah. And the client service aspect, taking care of people. Um, and then obviously there's the technical aspect where we are delving into Atmos. We're doing stuff for movie projects that you wouldn't be able to do at home studios or project studios. Yeah. So we'll oh, see. I love it. And I love with, it. With the advent of technology, you know, everyone asks about LA. Why aren't you in LA? How, you know, Dallas is not known for being a Mecca for the music industry, but I think with the advent of technology, as things go further and further, it's not as necessary. Now everyone's used to with once COVID happened and quarantining, everyone's used to kind of being on their own space, connecting over the internet, sending files back and forth, yeah. sharing, working through a cloud system. So I have this hope that we don't all have to physically be in the same space, that it doesn't hinder us from creating working relationships. Uh, totally agree. I mean, we're seeing it play out in real time with, uh, you know, just through Zoom or, or different ways to connect. Um, I love that. And I love to the um, focus you have on creating an environment to foster creativity um, because you know, there's just something really magical that happens when you walk into a space and you get this like feeling, you know, um, and you can get that in like a lot of musical spaces, like a cool venue or, or whatever. Um, and so I don't know, I, I, I definitely am affected by a space that I'm in. And so if, if, you know, it sounds like Luminous uh, really care about giving that to the clients that you're working with. Um. Yeah. Well, before we go, Trey, I'd love for you to share with people either how they could stay connected with you or how, um, how they could stay connected with Luminous or maybe touch on anything that I didn't ask about Luminous. Um, yeah, you, we would love to have everyone come by, check out the studio if you're in Dallas. Uh, if not, it's okay. We get lots of remote projects. Like I was saying, I I do mixes and records for clients all over the country you know, they don't have to physically be here. Um, there is technology. Uh, there's a technology called Source Connect where we can do remote sessions with other studios. There's another technology called Audio Movers where I can stream mixes to you. So like if I was working on a song with you, uh, you wouldn't have to be here. I can be streaming it from my computer to your headphones or to your home studio or whatever you want in real time, full quality. Um, so like I said, technology is helping us expand and not have to be, you know, just a brick and, brick and mortar place. Um, you can follow us. We're on social media. We are not very active yet, but we do get messages and do post occasionally. We have a Facebook page and an Instagram page, Luminous Sound. Um, I also have it, my own Facebook and Instagram page. You can look me up and yeah, connect with us. And if there's any way we can help people, we're happy to help. Um, obviously, it, it's a business and we want to make money, but it's about helping people, I think. And then the business stuff follows later. So even if we can be a resource and just refer you to someone else that can better help you, you know, we, we don't do everything. We try to specialize in a few things. So if we can't help you, we'll try to send you somewhere that can best serve you. And then you'll remember us because we helped you out. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Well, Trey, thank you so much for your time. And for those listening, definitely check out Luminous Sound. Um, that's really exciting that the door is open for people to reach out um, because you guys are working with such like 
big artists and such a big facility. And, um, you know, it's, it's just exciting to know that someone could reach out and a new, uh, a new relationship could start that could, you know, develop beautiful music. So um, definitely check out their website and um, see all the cool projects that they've done. And Trey, thank you so much for your time um, and sharing all your insights with us. Oh, it's been a pleasure.